Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Building a Bridge. My name is Jesse Brizendine. My name is Jared Countess, and our mission is to empower people to use their voice to build a bridge beyond race relations, creating unity and understanding, effectively raising the collective consciousness of humanity. Last episode we had before the holiday break, we talked about just kind of a recap of the journey we've been on the last six months, some of the things we learned, and Today, we're going to do a hodgepodge of kind of catching up from the holidays, have our initial reactions from what transpired at the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday, and kind of talk where we go from here. So, Jared, I'll start with you. How were your holidays? Man, uh, so people don't know this about me. I am genuinely a Scrooge. I think we talked about this before once. Genuinely a Scrooge. Um, you know, birthdays, holidays, I always work. Uh, this year, I took time off and I enjoyed the holidays. I took the time to enjoy it, which was a big step, big step for me, burying a lot of old stuff and, and just, you know, living in the moment. <laughs> That's awesome. Feeling blessed, feeling blessed, brother. How about you? How was your holidays? <laughs> Man, I, you and I are so similar with so many of these things. So I, I, I really enjoy Christmas, but I'm like you. I, I've always dreaded my birthday. I, I, I'm such a, I go into a depression around it, everything. And, and Christmas, I usually always work around it too, but I love it. And I took the closest thing I've taken to downtime, like real downtime in probably 10 years where I maybe some days I only work an hour maybe, which is usually it will be six hours is a down day for me. And it was nice. I stayed off of almost all social media, barely turned my computer on a few times, left my phone in the other room. And it was just really quiet. And I still have my little, little tiny, I have one of those little tiny fake Christmas trees with the, uh -huh. the lights. I still have it up. And so now every morning I, I sit for a while with just the Christmas lights going and it's, it's awesome. I love it. So it was a really, really nice, relaxing time. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. Did you, did you take your little tree down? You said you still have it up. No, I'm going to keep it up. I think for a while now I'm actually this morning, <laughs> I was thinking this morning, I was kind of thinking, you know, it's, it's my tree. And with this whole COVID <laughs> thing and locking down and stuff, not having anybody come over anytime soon. So I think I might just keep it up through the whole month. Hey, I'm not going to knock you. I'm not going to knock you. I have actually... Dude, I, have, is down. <laughs> I, have, I have Christmas lights in my bedroom that I have had up year-round for like three or four years now. I don't plug them in all the time, but it just... I love like the... <laughs> Like just the feel it gives. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, moving on. So there was a quite Wednesday was quite the day, Jared. What do you? What are your thoughts on what happened? Oh, it took a while for me to 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 verbalize it. So um, you know, I think like a lot of people, it was. Nothing more than what I expected. Um, I, you know what? I was not surprised that people were upset, not surprised that people protested. I was surprised that our president of the United States said you should march in the Capitol building. That surprised me and upset me. And then I'm going to be really transparent. 
and when people when um, people marched like on the Capitol building and you know nothing happened I was like wow I thought I was like if they were black if that was a group of my black people they would have been shot dead or like some more people would have been shot or more you know they would have never gotten that far that's what I felt like and um, that hurt me right it didn't I wasn't really upset like I was I was genuine I was generally upset that people stormed the Capitol. I was more upset that our president encouraged them to do so, um, whether peacefully or not, right, to rush into the Capitol building. Um, they weren't that peaceful because they broke into the building. <laughs> like, I don't know how you, I don't know how you break in. peacefully break and enter. Right? <laughs> oh, don't mind me. I'm just coming to rob you, but I'm doing it peacefully. <laughs> Just gonna ransack your shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But hey, I didn't hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So I was, I was, my my feelings were hurt, um, just because it 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 made me feel again. I guess you know this is me being super selfish because we. Hey, look, I project that when my feelings are hurt, then obviously I'm projecting it onto myself, right? And I was just like, wow, like if I was, that was a group of people that looked like me, you know, they probably would have been shot. And, um, you know, maybe they wouldn't have. And if, if not, then if people, if other people believe that, if I could come to believe that, then I wouldn't have as much of an issue with it. I would have an issue with the fact that people busted into the Capitol building. Like, I think that that's a scary, scary thought. Um, but uh, but yeah, that was my main issue. What was what did you think about my main issue? Was if they were black, they'd have been shot. That was my main issue. Ah, right, there you go. Very selfish, selfish made statement. <laughs> I, I don't think that's selfish at all, though. I think that's an honest, introspective thought. You know, I, I think I so I didn't really know about it until you texted me later in the day. I, I and when you did, I started looking at it. These were kind of my initial reactions, and I'll, I didn't know till Tony told me. Yeah, so even one of us watched the news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, just I, I don't, I won't watch the news or or really check on anything during the day, and usually I don't at night. So if I see something, it's going to be early part of the day because I just don't want that stuff influencing my end of day stuff when I want to down wind down and have a really relaxed, peaceful mind. But I had some some initial reactions were uh, kind of multifold. Number one, it was quite shocking to see what was happening. Number two, the skeptic in me goes, well, how are there not more police and personnel at the Capitol building? And so then the skeptic asks, well, what's the benefit of this happening right now? It's, boy, this is a great way to really get Trump. <laughs> and, you know, that's the skeptic part. And I'm just being honest, like there's these divided pieces of consciousness here. There's also the part too, where I agree, like I, I thought there was some hypocrisy with it because I thought if that was a Black Lives Matter protest, there would probably have been a completely different response. I think that what we saw in people, you know, the peaceful protest notion in the United States is a beautiful thing that we have that. And there is a fine line between peaceful protests and breaking into the Capitol building and doing what was happening for people to be going in and 
putting their feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk and thinking that's okay and that you've done some great act. I think that's so tragic. And that goes to probably my fourth reaction. And these are in no particular order when I'm saying first, second, third, fourth. I'm just naming off that way, which was, I think the last little bit of allowance I had for for entertaining some of the Trump stuff was was expired in that moment. Because I think that ultimately what leadership is, I'm not sure if it was John Maxwell, Brian Tracy said that leadership is influence. And I think a great leader, they the opportunity of a great leader is to inspire the best in people. And when we lead from a place of fear or anger, we're going to usually evoke and provoke that for responses. Now, I don't think Trump's alone in this. I think our media does a beautiful job of, of polluting the airwaves with anger and fear 24 seven. But that aside, at the end of the day, he's the leader. I got a question for you. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's related exactly what you're talking about. So how do you feel about this? I was having a conversation with another person who I know is a leader, decently successful entrepreneur. And, um, you know, they were upset because someone was calling for um, some of the business people, heads of like Amazon's, you know, all that kind of, well, not just Amazon, but other businesses that had supported Trump. They donated, publicly donated money to the Trump campaign. They said they were not in support of what was happening at the Capitol building that, that day, right? And, um, but people wanted the those same business leaders who made those statements to say something against Donald Trump in it, in his character and how he behaved, right? And 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 you know um, this guy was like, that's, you know, why would they say that? They don't have to do anything like that. And I was like, well, you know, you're they're leaders, and I was like, and you're a leader, and you know, they, he's Trump supporter and everything else. It's like. Um, but you don't like his character, right? But you say he did good things for the country, right? Um, or like you liked some of his policies and, and, and you know, America did well for the last four years. If you were to come out and talk a bad about his character and good about his policies, you know, like why wouldn't you make those statements, right? And so, my question is, I'm going to say how I feel about it, but my question is like, how do you feel about that in terms of like people who are, who are other leaders who have influence, who refuse to say negative things about him and character wise, right? When yeah. you know that that's not a character that they would exemplify, at least, especially not publicly. Like, yeah. You know, it's, in a perfect world, you would hope they would just stand up and say what's right. Unfortunately, I think it's a tricky dynamic now with the way our media will latch on and cut and paste things in the sense of, I, so I'm reading, I, I shared with you, Jared, I'm reading President Obama's book. I'm doing the audiobook actually. And he's about a year into his presidency. And I think it's his chief of staff comes up to him and asks, hey, are you, are you doing okay? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. What's up? And she's always sure. And then he goes and asks, uh, I think a relative had come to visit and they said, are you doing okay? And he said, yeah. And then a couple of his friends that he'd grown up with called him up and said, Hey, let's do a guy's weekend. Are you you doing okay? And he goes and asks one of his, 
head head cabinet members like, hey, why does everybody keep asking me if I'm okay? And they said, well, Mr. President, you don't watch cable news like we all do. And he goes and he turns on cable news. He flips through really quickly, like CNN, Fox, MSNBC, all those ones. And he said he was shocked to see that when he had run for president, every image was him like thumbs up, high energy, exuberant, hopeful, optimistic. And now all the images that they were portraying of him on there were him walking his head down, making it look like he's sad, making it look like he was defeated. You know, kept, kept taking these candid moments of him and putting it on there. And so then that's projecting because people are assimilating information in 15, 20 seconds. They're thinking that Obama's defeated, he's frustrated, he's all these types of things. When from Obama's words and what he's saying, that wasn't nothing, nothing but the case, that wasn't the truth. So I say that as an, to lead in because I think it's, it's a difficult dynamic right now with, with leaders in that. And, l- and let me to preface this by saying, I don't necessarily, why politicians might have leadership titles. I wouldn't call the folks who are all of a sudden have been adamant supporters of Trump and now are jumping ship to try to defend their own, save their own hide. I would not call those people leaders. I would call those people. <laughs> I don't even have a, I, my words I would use for them are not. I'm not even talking, yeah. Yeah, not good talking about the political leaders. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like <laughs> business leaders, you know, it's like in a perfect world, yeah, we would be able to be welcome to come up and say it. But then I can imagine too, it leads into this thing of, well, why did you support all along? Or they say they misstate it and they say something like, you know, what he did was bad. And I think there were some really good political things he did earlier on in his presidency. And depending on who's doing the editing, it can be you know, the CEO of Walt Disney, as an example, steps out and says, and then the, the five second soundbite is, yeah, some of the things Trump did in his presidency were really good. Well, all of a sudden you have a bunch of people who are on this, you know, screw that guy, let's all these types of things. And now that becomes the image, the branding for Walt Disney. And uh, it doesn't uh, matter when he releases a statement or any of those types of things, because we've already consumed it. And we are so emotionally charged right now that we're just reacting, you know, we're, 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 I think most of us are reacting instead of refining our thoughts and we're, and so it's a tricky thing. Like, yeah. That makes sense. Why, why, as if you're really, if you're trying to be responsible as a business owner, why like don't as little as possible choose a political side? Yeah, when you're responsible for your shareholders, your employees, I, your family. I can see that. Especially I, in the pandemic I, I, time when so many people aren't maybe working and whatnot. Why would you go? It's like, it's kind of like, hey, I just picked up my clothes. They're clean. I just washed them. They're nice and clean. And there's a muddy puddle out there. I don't have to jump in it, but I could. And why would I want to go and jump in the muddy puddle when the, the potential benefit is minimal? but the risk is maximum. And I think a lot of people- And that's, who are in, and that's a very business-minded yeah, way of You operating. have to do risk assessment. Right? <laughs> minimal, so you're, you're taking yeah, I'm risk. not gonna take a mass, maximal risk with minimal gain. Yeah, Joe, it's like you and I, are, you and I enjoy playing poker and and, <laughs> and there's there's a, a, a 2% chance you're going to river your card and win, but it's gonna cost you all your chips to take that gamble. You're probably not gonna make that call. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Yeah. Unless you don't care. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you're lucky the one time, you're going to get unlucky 50 other times. 
Yes, yes. You're good. As a matter of fact, I'm, if technically, if I, that's that's the most annoying part about knowing the math of the poker. <laughs> it's when, some, when somebody makes it a bad money thing for you to call, and you're like, oh, fuck. I'm like, you just, like, you just bet like $20 too much right there. It was like $20 too expensive. Fucking hate you right now. Anyway, yeah, that's the, that's the, and poker used to be so much easier. People would make those mistakes all the time, by the way. But now they don't. Now they fucking charge you. <laughs> apps, too. I did, there's all these apps that you can pull up on your phone, and it'll calculate everything for you as you're playing. So you can go and put it in the thing. Or if it goes around bets, you can put it in the app. The app calculates it for you. <laughs> okay, so all right, so here's, so here's my, my two cents on that, though. Um, as far as, like, business people, I get it. I get it. That that was the best way to explain it to me. Like, it's maximal risk, minimal possible gain, right? Um, I guess. I, I could argue that the maximal side of the gain is that, you know, the, the uh, sorry, the America, <laughs> the country. 100%. Country kinda, the country kind of stays together a little bit better. Yeah. It's like, oh, this guy's really smart and sensible. He's also a billionaire businessman. And he's like, okay, that's not a, you know, I, I would never say that, right? Because so many businessmen who are really successful would never speak like Donald Trump does, right? You know, they would, they would. And they're, and they're super successful in their business people, right? Um, so uh, the, other, the other side of it is, is that when they're quiet, I feel like a lot of people on both sides of the table feel like oh they must agree does that make sense mm -hmm. and so i think in just having talked to so many of them and known so many working for so many i'm like they you don't really really agree right but like you but you do agree with this policy that policy that policy but you don't like these things and so that is but that's the scary part is the, the scary part is that and then i got another question because we didn't talk about this um did it have you heard people call it the big lie about the election was stolen have you heard people talk about that so yeah. you have you really haven't watched any news since then so they no, so, but I've, I've, I've i've seen and scanned enough where it's in and i think like again when we look at influence as being power and i think this is there's 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 more than a donald trump problem here when it comes down to this. It's it's a media problem. It's a how we treat one another problem. It's a it's a political problem. We have, I think, I don't know when it happened, but in politics, it switched from running on what I believe versus running on what this person's done wrong or bad. You know, in the news, it's a it's a it's a 20 second soundbite and we we as a public consuming it, we we make that up and they're going after what's bleeding because that's what's going to be leading more. And it's, I think that's one of the biggest tragedies right now is so much of what we're experiencing is in many ways a self-imposed by our own inability to exercise self-control when it comes to satisfying those impulsive desires of, I need to feel something. And so I'm going to turn to media to elicit that feeling. Well, I think part of the big problem is that like people decided that the media was not, they couldn't trust the media as a source for information. And, and so once that happened, 
like fallout, like all news is fake news. It went from the majority in one in one news station was real to then after the election, all news stations became fake news to a certain portion of the of, of the country, right? right? And and then after that happened, you know, the story was that the election was stolen, right? Um, it was massive voter fraud and blah blah blah, and that. That story was told through all social media. But then, and, and the reason why I asked it and I said it, actually that and I said that was because I've had, I had people who were very intelligent tell me that they thought that the Supreme Court would overturn the election. Yeah. And you did, you heard that too? Yeah. People said that too. And so, I I was, you know what, what bothers me when I hear smart people tell me that, is that if I ask them to survey the people they know about whether or not they're pro-Trump or anti-Trump, and et cetera, et cetera, like even my friends who are really hardcore Republicans, can still probably name like Republicans, a few Republicans who didn't vote for Trump. Right. And they can't name, you know what I mean? And and so they can still, even my friends that are hardcore Republicans stick can still look at it and see almost through their friendships like a 50-50 split. Mm-hmm. Does that make any kind of sense? Yeah. yeah. Right. So if, if, if so that's I mean, one of the beautiful things about America and us being also connected, right, about social media is that you can get on there and actually see how divided the country is. You can actually like you can actually like you can feel it, you can measure it. And so if you can feel and measure that the country is really like split, like really, then, then how do you come to the conclusion that there was enough fraud evident when everything else says it's no fraud evident to believe the Supreme Court's gonna overturn it? Does that make any kind of sense? Yeah. That's where I got scared and get scared about that lie being that effective, right? Or that, or that tail being that effective, or that feeling and emotion, right, <laughs> permeating people so much, like they wanted to win so bad. That like, yeah, it must have been, you know, the 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 election was was really stolen, and and our entire system is corrupt all the way through our judicial, and that scares me, right? And so like yeah. like more than people storming the Capitol, the thought that people once I realized that people actually felt like a whole system all the way up to our highest court in the land, like when I heard people say that I think the Supreme Court will overturn it and my dad's a lawyer and my stepmom's a lawyer and I grew up, I was sitting in courtrooms, which is boring as hell if you ever sit in a courtroom. And like, five or, like five or six, seven, eight years old when I didn't have a babysitter or something like that until I could, by eight, I would stay home and watch myself, guys. <laughs> But, but, but when I did have to, you know, on a rare occasions, go to, it is, uh, you know, to think that the Supreme Court would have enough evidence to overturn it, right? Mm. Um, it made me nervous. And then when it didn't happen, it was like, you know, the Supreme Court's in the pocket of, you know, the liberal party and blah, blah. I was like, oh, man. So that scares me. That scares me more moving forward more than anything is that, you know, I'm black, right? Guys, 
black. Right? I kind of don't have faith in the American government, American process, <laughs> which is why I'm an independent voter and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I could, I mean, there's good arguments for the American, you know, our governmental system having, you know, let my people down, right? And now to hear a whole group of white people say, the American government let us down and it's, and it's disserving us and, and it's corrupt and it's falling apart. And I'm like, I, that's kind of like, that is like, I don't know how our system, how this, how this system of government that's lasted from, you know, 1776 or 1789 or 1793, I think was when the actual, the current U.S. Constitution was, came together. But something like that. <laughs> I think it's 1789. I don't know. But uh, um, um, when, when our actual U.S. Constitution was written, founded, and we became the United States of America full and solid, right? And that Constitution, that judicial system, that legislative system, that executive system, that system carried us over these past almost 300 years, right? And has seen us progressively, you know, from abolishing slavery to giving women a right to vote to, you know, making it, you know, so that people could start businesses and all this other kind of stuff. And it's progressed and it's done all this stuff and it's been very, and it's evolved and changed but still stay true to laws and, and, and its original founding over time. Like for people to say that, you know, when, when not one bill of rights has been, you know, not one right had really been taken away, had been taken away for people to say that, okay, the system is, is garbage. The system is bad. The system is terrible and it needs to be torn down you know, that scared me, right? But I, I want to know, one, how you feel about it, because it's not a perfect system. <laughs> the reason I kept saying I'm black is because, <coughs> sorry, I told you I might be sick. <coughs> it's because I know it's not a perfect system. I'm black. <laughs> black, I know it's not a perfect system. So, <laughs> So, so my question is, <laughs> my question for you is, you know, how do you, how do you feel about that thought process that's going through America, where people have, are, are starting to, en masse, believe that the entire system, you know, and, and, and that's what the capital, where the capital was, the demonstration that, yeah. the entire system. So, I'll start by first saying I can understand why people may be thinking that way. Uh, I don't agree with it. And I think it's scary. I think it's really scary. And I, I think, again, I, I really think that so much of what has unfolded this year and just happened, it, it's a very much a reflection of how we treat one another. It's very much a, the beautiful thing about America is America is only some sort of in some way a reflection of the, the greater sum of the whole. 
right? Just the same as we're the average of the five people we spend the most time with. Well, America is going to in some way reflect, I think, the average of humanity and how we are with one another. And one of the blessings in American history since the 1770s was we've had these unifying causes that have kind of pulled us together at, at darkest times. You know, it was the Revolutionary War and it's about banding together as Americans. And then the Civil War was, you had the War of 1812 and these other conflicts going on. And then the Civil War is quite divisive. But then there's this reconciliation opportunity in World War One, And then we go into the Roaring Twenties, the Great Depression happens. And then World War Two happens and it, it pulls us out. And then we start to have progress and building and there's this united front with it too. And then we start to you know, maybe drift away from that. Then all of a sudden 9-11 happens. And at least in my lifetime, 9-11 was definitely the one time in my life I felt like I was actually living in truly United States. It didn't matter if you were black, black or if you were this or that. What mattered is that you were American and you wanted to go kick some ass and, and, and get back at them. And I think when now, you know, when you look at the human animal and you start to have dynamics where our basic survival needs are met, then we still have these primal cravings for safety, security, wanting to be matter. And when we've taken it upon ourselves, and this is where I think it's a really slippery slope with social media and the media in general, when we start to make discourse about if somebody believes differently than us, they're wrong, or they're bad, or they're evil, or they're good, or whatever that is, what you're basically telling a whole group of people is, 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 you know, your opinion doesn't necessarily matter to me, right? Your feelings don't matter. Yeah, and so when they, you have a people that's, people start to feel that, and then you have the people they look to as leadership influencing in a certain way, saying that, you need to do this, you need to do that, because that's what the patriotic thing to do is. And so they're just like in the post 9-11 world, they're trying to, we're bonding over what happened at the trade centers and in some way, probably on a very unconscious level to them, they're, they're forming a similar bond. They think that they're doing the right thing, patriots, God's work, you know, whatever that is, it's what their leader's asking them to do. And I think that is a really, that to me, is equally as scary as people thinking the whole system's broken because I think people have, have used the, the system screwed generalization for a long time. But what's scary now is now we have the ability to communicate it in mass and we have 24 seven information flow with so many different sources that we can go and we can curtail our media very quickly. That's going to help us believe. And I'll, I'll just say this last 15 seconds. I made it, I was scrolling, and during at some point last year through Facebook and somebody had posted a blog link to one of those like far extremist sites. And, and I was curious and I, I just looked at the headline and what it was saying and I thought, oh, what in the hell is this crap? And when I went to scroll, I accidentally pushed the link. I pushed down in the wrong place. So I went to the link. It loaded up the site. I was not on the site literally more than five seconds, enough time to click off of it. Didn't even get the whole page loaded. By the time I got back on Facebook, there were three more friends who I had not seen stuff from them in forever with who were sharing similar content. All of a sudden that was populated in my newsfeed. 
And for the next probably week or two, and I never clicked on one of them, I was seeing that stuff pop up like crazy. And so if I'm somebody who maybe doesn't put a lot of thought to this, but what I have learned to do is I've learned to trust my neighbor and that's kind of how my culture, my society, my neighborhood's been for a long time. And all of a sudden I start to see so-and-so posting this and so-and-so talking about this and whoa, my cousin who I haven't seen forever, they're talking about this. And, and you know, if it's on the internet, it's on TV, it must be true to some extent. And but at the very least there's social proof to it. I can see how people would start to be influenced to that. And again, it doesn't mean I agree with it, but I can see it. And I think that we have to, if we want to fix the bigger problem, we have to get to a place where we're willing to acknowledge how people can arrive at a certain place so that we can do something about it. Because what's not going to probably work is calling them this or telling them they're that. It's just going to probably piss more people off. How do you, like, I got two questions for you. To, or, or, I mean, I know we got we to gotta wrap it up. So I'll, I'll, I'll save one of them for later. But my first question is like, how can we ever fix that? Because it's, it's like the game that you played in elementary school where you whisper something yeah. to one person. Yeah. Whisper, and by the time it makes it around the classroom, it's, it's never the same. It's yeah. never the same. And, I, and, and it's like, I feel like that's what happens. Like sometimes, like so, social media snowballs. Like things get, and, it, and by the time it's retold or shared for the hundredth time, right? It's had, it's had multiple people's kind of spin and taste put on it. Yeah. And it's not, it's, not the, it's not the same message anymore. Right. And, and it's, and it's, um, you know, and, and then, and so, and then people build on that and then they, they, they shock and awe from that hundredth mediation. Right. And it, and it, it's like, boom. And it's like, and it just snowballs again. And it's, yeah, it, dude, I think that's a great question. And, and we've all been in that position before where we have said something to a friend, a family member, or a loved one, and they come back and respond well, you know, you did this or you're saying this and, and it's literally the opposite of what we're saying. All it is is their interpretation of it. They magnified it. They magnified. And so they're emotionally yeah. reacting to their interpretation of it. And that's human nature though. That's human nature. And this is the so human you, animal that you have to work with, right? And so yeah. <laughs> it, it becomes these things that those of us who, those of us who are considering things in a different way, those of us who are who are working on building bridges, part of the responsibility, I think the mantle that we've taken up here is we are raising our hands and volunteering to engage in discourse in ways that is not traditionally done. And I think, again, what it means for the bridge builders is it's going to be some lonely, hard, difficult times, and we're not necessarily going to get the emotional satisfaction that most people do from social validation right away. Right. Social validation is, is, is you, Hey, Jesse, I just, I just learned this cool new fitness tip that if you eat 10 pounds of cake this weekend, you're going to have abs next week. I love and trust and respect you. So I'm like, Oh, and I want to eat cake. Awesome. Yeah. Right. I'm all about it. (laughs) It's, it's not necessarily, we're going to get that. It's, it's playing a bigger game that we may not get to be able to pat ourselves on the back 10 years from now. but we have to believe in something better. We have to believe in something greater than our need to be right in the moment. And and then uh, what I want to talk about next week is because this has been on my mind. 
ever since this whole thing has kind of started to roll out of way and just really recognizing how people don't trust news or anything else like that anymore. And then watching, you know, Facebook said permanently banned uh, Donald Trump. And it made me like reflect on how I really feel about that, right? Because in the moment, in the moment when Twitter banned them, when things were happening, and then Facebook, you know, banned them when things were happening, I was like, thank you, please stop them. Right. But then I, but then I cycled back through and like the people who felt that way, who were there, right. And don't have anything that they trust. Like right now, they don't have any information that they trust and they feel the way they feel and they believe what they believe. I'm like, huh, it's censoring the people that they're listening to really the best way to, you know, to earn their trust back. <laughs> These people are saying, I don't believe you, I don't trust you. And now you take away their source of information that they feel they can believe and trust. That's gonna be a hell of a way to get them to all of a sudden switch sides and say, oh, now that he's gone, yes, I believe what everybody else is believing. Yeah, right? and, 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 and so I'm like, I've been, I, you know, I'm, I've been critical of people who join Parler and all that kind of stuff, for sure. And, and I still am like decently critical of it. Um, but like, I'm kind of starting to like understand it a little bit better. Does that make any kind of sense? Yeah. Like, I, I don't feel like, you know, Facebook or YouTube ban flat earthers. Does that make any kind of sense? Yeah. Which I think is completely outlandish and false, right? <laughs> but like, you, they, they, you know, YouTube did ban, you know, oh, what's his name? Arthur Jones, right? They banned him, right? Um, oh, Alex they, Jones. Alex Jones, yeah. Alex Jones. Alex yeah. Jones, yeah. Got his name. Yeah, right? They banned him and they blocked all his stuff, right? And so I'm like, you know, um, I think that was, we started walking the world, or that world started walking a dangerous path when they started doing that. That's what I'm going to talk about, like, next time we're on yeah. here. Is that, huh? All right. I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. All right, man. I appreciate you, buddy. This is good. Yes. We'll see you next time, everybody. Take care. Thank you so much for listening. If you're finding value in these conversations, please rate and review on Apple, Google, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite place is to listen to.